This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. On this week's minutia, men with Rick and Dave. A Bambi-sized punishment. A 28-year secret revealed. Jenkins leaves a heart on an airplane. My brush with uh, great comic genius Harry Shearer. And our celebrity minute with Joseph Ganascoli. All that in unlimited tangents on minutia, men. A very special minutia. <laughs> that is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Yeah. Dave is oh, jamming. Just snapped a hammy doing that. All righty. Rotator cup just going down. <laughs> uh, coming up on the show later on today. Joseph Ganascola, and you may know him. As Vito from The yeah. Sopranos, probably my two favorite serial episodic shows are The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Yeah, and, great. And Vito is going to be on there. Vito is the character, if you remember, if you were a Sopranos fan, who was the uh, gay character. Um, and that storyline really was one of the most interesting parts of that show. And, and we're definitely going to ask him about that. And I love The Sopranos, absolutely. Love the Sopranos. Very excited about that. Um, but uh, we had a little bit of a uh, episode this week, uh, Dave. Should we share this with the uh, with the listeners? Um, yeah, and I and I th- I think it needs to be told. Some yeah. stories are you know. Um, <laughs> so we were going to have Meat from Porky's. Yeah, uh, the actor who played Meat from Porky's. Right. Um, and we were excited. Yeah. Be honest with you. Yeah. You know. I mean, this is a, the show is called Minutia Men. Right. And, you know, we like getting those those uh, guests on that, you know, are, you know, kind of fit that category. Right, right, right. And he is known as the guy who was in the movie Porky's who had the big penis. Right. That was it. Right. Not a not a real intricate character study. No, (laughs) no. He had the he had the big schlong. He had the scene where he's unzipped his pants and pulled it out and it splashed into the toilet. That's how big it was. So that was a like a wacky joke. Right. Right. You didn't actually see it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It was it was the theater of the mind. So he he was a little nervous about going on with us. So he wanted to know what kind of questions we were going to ask. And so we told him, obviously, yeah. We're going to ask him about the penis thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we would not be doing our jobs as journalists if we let that fly. That, that don't. Tell us about your artwork. Right, exactly. I mean, tell us about, he's an insurance agent now. Tell us about insurance. Right, right. What is the best kind of auto insurance? Um, you know, meat, we don't care what meat says about <laughs> his insurance. We really don't. Right. We want, well, there was a, uh, there was a story that we wanted to talk to him about um, that he used to bench press cars. Yeah, that's yeah, true. He was such a big guy who obviously doesn't have a big sense of humor. <laughs> he does not have a good sense of humor because uh, when we sent him the uh, the parameters about our questions, um, he said that uh, he's going to pass because uh, we are too silly and disrespectful. Yeah, so, <laughs> but you know what, Joseph Gannis, uh, Vito Vito from The Sopranos didn't think we were disrespectful. Nope, neither uh, did billionaire Mark Cuban. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and Gerardo, teenage heartthrob. So, yes, I mean um, we have, uh, you know, we've got some pretty good guests, and but apparently, meat is not going to be one of them. Yeah. Um, I had something happen to me. Yeah. I've been kind of stressed out. Yeah. Um, you know, the end of the year, Eckhart's Press, we're real busy. Yep. This whole meat thing is bumming me out. Yeah. So I was at Jewel yesterday, and mm-hmm. I had my blood pressure checked. Yeah. And it was high. I mean, it was... Yeah. Well, look, you, who you're talking to here. 
I mean, there, if there was a siren, it would be going off, right? So I decided, well, you know what? I, I'm anxious. I need a meditation type app because they've got hundreds of these meditation oh, apps, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I actually use them. Do you really? Yeah. Um, wow, this is a side of me that I've never <laughs> seen before. Uh, so I downloaded one of these apps and it's called Calm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I d- downloaded it and it came up on my screen. And then this morning I woke up. And you were calm. Well, no, I tried to use it. And it wouldn't open. <laughs> Which I, just increased your stress level. <laughs> I started to get pissed at it. And I'm like, God damn it. My, my meditation app isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a... <laughs> If you're a meditation app, you better work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I've got like three times less. I need to use you like 19 times more, which maybe is good prospect for business. If they make the app bad, then you go back more often. All right. Well, are you ready to do some yeah, minutia sure. for the ladies and gents? Let's do some. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. Uh, Missouri. Yes. Uh, state not too far the from show us. The show me state. The show me state. Let me uh, give you this uh, headline. Missouri man must watch Bambi monthly as part of poaching punishment, judge says. A Missouri poacher involved in the illegal killing of several hundred deer over three years, taking their heads and leaving their bodies to rot, must watch the Disney classic Bambi once a month while he remains behind bars, a judge reportedly ruled. Now, once a month, come on. Well, yeah, well, no, he has to watch it every month. Yeah, I know, but... Still. Oh, it's big deal. 12 times. Now, it is sad. And Bambi's mom does <laughs> die at the end. Yeah, but if you have kids, anybody who's listening that have kids, yeah. seeing one crappy kids movie a month, oh, yeah. I could do that kind of time standing on my head. Yeah, you know? uh, I I still have the words to life is a highway running through my head all the time. Because of Cars. Because of the movie right, Cars. Right, and, right. and my son Sean watched that movie 7 million right. times. We don't eat frozen food anymore because of frozen <laughs> yeah i've never seen that one yeah it, it's actually pretty good the first three times you yeah, see it right exactly uh, didn't uh your kid didn't your kid oh do, yeah do reviews yeah, yeah. Of, of right shows? Uh, that's true when i was john landecker's producer my sons tommy and johnny both did movie reviews mm-hmm. of kids movies i have one right here this is johnny what what is your name young man johnny johnny oh, he's, he's so a cute. half pint movie critic isn't that right i have Blue and silver and pale. Yes, you do have blue and shovel and pale on your shirt. That's very nice. Now, what movie did we see, Johnny? Uh, um, Monster Think. Oh, and what did you think of it? Fun. Because I wasn't scared of it. I think we can see it again tomorrow. Grover yeah. he has a pink nose. Now, if you had to give it a rating, would you give it one star, two star, three stars, or four stars? How many stars? Four. Would you tell all the other kids in school to go see it? Mm, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's an enthusiastic. A little bit. Now it's Grover's turn. Grover? <laughs> Grover, what did you think of the movie? Fine. Okay, thanks. That has been the review from (laughs) Sandy Kempfer. And you are the Half Pint Movie Critic. The Half Pint Movie Critic. Oh, oh my God. Is that the cutest thing? He's 20 now. uh, And not that cute. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, isn't that that a sweet little uh, story there? Um, So, well, and if you you know anybody from Missouri, deer hunting is sacred to people in Missouri. And... um, and they, it is like a, 
They should make dogfighters watch Old Yeller. <laughs> that's, you that's know what I mean? Because that's a sad movie, too. Travis? <laughs> or uh, Go get the gun. Or people who like Russian Mine, I can't. I can't kill Old Yeller. At the end, old Yeller gets killed. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm just spoiler alert. Well, and people that uh, do Russian roulette, they should see the Deer Hunter. They should make oh, them watch the good. Deer Hunter yes. over and over again. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, I have some minutia for you. And at the end of this story, Dave, I'm going to reveal a 28 year secret oh. that I have kept. Okay. All right. It's not like Vito from The Sopranos, is it? Uh, no, that? no, it's not. Um, this is a story about the Berlin Wall. The shelves of Berlin's souvenir shops are filled with small, spray-painted pieces of concrete mounted in plexiglass. But are they the real chunks of the wall or just a scam for tourists? This is an article from this week. With so little the actual Berlin Wall still standing in the German capital, shopping for a true piece of the Cold War relic is enough to trigger anyone's knee-jerk cynicism. After all... You know, it was a big wall, but mm-hmm. how many pieces of wall are there? Sure. Well, this person figured out that uh, th- there is there is a bit of a scam going on there. Um, say, who's to say that these gray where the gray crumbs came from? The spray paint, for a start, on these crumbs is not real. It's an open secret in Berlin souvenir shops that the color on the chunks of wall is added by a Volker Pawlowski's workshop. He actually takes these little pieces of the wall and he spray paints them because there used to be sure, graffiti, spray paint yeah. and graffiti, graffiti yeah, all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the paint is not real. Okay. Um, but the he says the wall is real. Well, then why would he go ahead and cheapen? The, uh, well, I, you know. So I here's here's my Berlin Wall story. All right. Now that it's now that this has come out, it's time for me to admit something myself, and that is um, back in the. A late 80s, early ni- 1990, when the Berlin Wall came down, Stephen Geary asked me to get a piece of the wall for them. So I went on vacation to Berlin, and I went to the Berlin Wall, and it was still standing at that time. And you were allowed to like get a, take a chisel and yeah. take a little chunk out, and I did. I took a chunk. I took like three or four chunks out, and I found a place place that had graffiti and paint and mm-hmm. stuff on it. And then I brought it back, and I was going to give it to Stephen Gary, but Stephen Gary were really mean to me. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> when I came back, because I'd been gone for ten days, and you know the the apparently I hadn't uh, prepared my replacement well enough, and things had gone wrong, and they were they were ready see to thing. kill me they when I walked thing. in the door. Yeah. So I just took the grief from them, took the grief from them, and I said, and I had the the Berlin Wall in my pocket, and I said, oh, you know what? I forgot it. I'll, uh, I'll bring it tomorrow, yeah. right? Okay. So the next day, I got up in the morning. I went to the end of the driveway. <laughs> and, I- <laughs> and you took a piece of the Mount Prospect pavement. <laughs> I did. And I chopped it up and brought it in and handed it to them. Oh, yeah. And they, they looked at it and goes, what's this? I said, that's the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Well, it just looks like concrete. Yeah. I said, that's well, what the wall is. Yeah. It's concrete. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, I, I remember one of them, I can't remember if it was Steve or Gary, put it in plexiglass, <laughs> put it on the wall. And it was his most prized possession ever. And for 28 years, they, I they, have not told them that that was just a piece of Mount Prospect concrete. But I'm here to tell you now. Yeah. In uh, 
2018 as we head towards the new year. And the only reason I'm telling it, there's two reasons why I'm telling the story right now. First reason is um, it's in the news, right? Second reason is I just revealed this to Steve in person um, this past week. He asked me to record some stuff for a special that he's working on. So I tell that story to him first. Okay. So at least well, we're he, scooping them now. But, they, they well, we may be scooping them. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's my story. Yeah. Right. So I don't feel guilty about it. Do you think he's still going to be mad? I, you know, I, it, it's like 30 years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't think he'll be mad. Yeah. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> but again, that's it's yeah. a true story. And I feel terrible. Oh, I can I can see. You know who who does not feel bad today? Who? Shelly Z. Shelly Z, our winner. Shelly Z is our winner. She, well, I guess I'm assuming. Could be like Shelly Berman. It could be. You know what? I don't know. What she did is she retweeted and she followed us on Twitter. And she got a prize pack that is going to be the envy of pretty much the entire Twitter sphere. Great. She's got the Balding Handbook coming her way. All right. That's a $0 value. (laughs) It's a $0 value. She's got a pothole certificate. Wow. Very much in tune with what you're saying right now, as far as fake merchandise goes. <laughs> wait, wait, are you telling me that the, the, that those aren't real those potholes? Are, those are not real potholes. She's got a, a pothole certificate uh, from her town. I know where she lives, so okay. I'm going to find a pothole that's nearby. Great, or just assume there's a pothole nearby. <laughs> uh, and a shitholder. It it's almost like it's a big scam. And a shitholder, a shitholders. Coffee mug. Oh, I forgot I, about those. Those too. We are all wow. So all of that to Shelly, and and all she had to do was retweet us, retweet and follow us. That's so easy to I mean, do. Come on, you roll out of bed. Um, we are available everywhere too. We're on iTunes. Yes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Google Play. Spotify. Come on. Yeah. Um, if you can't find us, you're not. Yeah, trying you're not hard trying. Enough. Exactly. So congratulations, Shelly. Yes, congratulations. Uh, fire up the Jenkins. Uh, oh, jingle. I love Jenkins. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! All right, tell me about Jenkins. Headline, human heart left on board Southwest flight prompts in-air turnaround, reports says. Whoops. A Southwest Airlines flight traveling from Seattle to Dallas was forced to turn around mid-flight Sunday after officials realized a human heart had been left on board. Passengers were shocked when the captain explained that the heart was intended for delivery to a Seattle hospital after a previous flight, but they forgot it in the overhead. Uh, I thought you had the heart. No, I've got the liver. Uh, so there you go. Southwest didn't provide the name of the company that shipped the human heart nor the guy who's inevitably going to get fired. Right. But confirmed that it specialized in shipments that are life critical, the Times reported. But no Seattle area hospitals claim to be involved, according to the paper. Well, that's a, that's a definitely a Jenkins moment. Well, here's a funny little thing, too. So after the flight was turned around, yeah. they discovered there was an unrelated mechanical issue, and they were delayed another six hours. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> so there are some pissed passengers there. I don't give a shit whose heart it was. I got to get to Des Moines. <sighs> a random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. All right, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity and. Hopefully, 
it's a good story. <laughs> Sometimes it is. You're, Sometimes it isn't. You're at about a 67% good yeah, story, I think. You know, for the most part, they're, they're pretty there's good. something there. I love this guy, uh, Harry Shearer. Okay, Harry Shearer. Um, all right, dipping into the memory banks for this. This goes all the way back to the Stephen Gary years also. Mm-hmm. Harry Shearer was on our show semi-regularly uh, until he guest-hosted the show for a couple of days. And I want to say this was 1990, okay. maybe 91. Um, and then there was some sort of a rift between uh, Steve and Harry. And I, and it was about something that Harry said or did on the air. And I can't remember what that was. But here's what I remember about Harry. Because I was there. Mm-hmm. Even though Steve and Gary were gone, I was not. Um, Harry is... And I, f- I feel kind of even guilty saying this, but I'm going to... Hey, mm-hmm. we're we're keeping it real here, man. Well, we're ripping celebrities left and right. Hey, we're keeping it real. Um, he uh, he doesn't bathe as much as people should. Let's put it that way. And I'd say around hour three, yeah. I was like, you know, because I've got the gag reflex. <laughs> Even back thirty years ago, you had oh, the yeah. same reflex. Oh yeah, and, and it was. I mean, it was there was a. I, I'm sorry, Harry. You know, I, it was a funny show. It was a really funny show. But wow, did the bo stink! It was. Uh, it could have just been a some. It could have been a situation. bad day. Maybe it was you. You ever think that maybe could have been you? You know, it, it was wasn't wafting me. the other way. No, it wasn't me. Right. Uh, you know, he's it, a brilliant. He is. He's great. Don't get me wrong. It, it might have just been the stress of the moment or whatever. Uh, I'm on Team Shearer here. I think you're full <laughs> of it. Well. You know, it is what it is. All right, I can, we can talk about celebrities, but we can we can talk to celebrities, and that's what we're going to do now. Time now for the celebrity minutia minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity minutia minute with Rick and Dave. All right, very excited. This is a big day on the Minutia Man podcast. On the phone right now, I think the first mobster or act, well, a mobster, not actor. a mobster. He's mobster not a mobster. Actor. Yes, uh, we've got uh, Joe Ganascoli, who played maybe the best character. My favorite. On the show, The Sopranos. He played Vito. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Joe? All right, guys. What's happening? So, you know, uh, you probably hear from Sopranos fans all the time. We are both uh, huge fans of that show. The question uh-huh. I have is, you know, all you guys were so convincing um, as mobsters did did you grow up around mobsters? Did you you base the characters on anybody you knew? Well, I didn't base my character on anybody I knew, just from a book I was reading. But I grew up in Brooklyn, and um, usually from like where you're from, you know, you'll see a lot of dying guys that are connected, and uh, they're, they're real guys. So, um, being in the restaurant business, I had restaurants in Brooklyn. They were hot restaurants. So girls come to the restaurants, and naturally wise guys uh, follow. So, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of them. I knew a lot of them. And uh, they're uh, not around or away. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> On vacation. <laughs> you get three to five-year vacation. <laughs> you know, pretty one, much, pretty much. Yeah. You know, as, the thing that I loved about Vito was such a complex character. You know, you, uh, you were a closeted gay man. Um, and I understand that the whole idea was yours based on something that happened in real life to put the, you know, to, to, to make Vito gay. Is that true? Or can you kind of walk us through uh, that? Uh, 
No, no, it didn't happen in, in any live final. Um, it was from a book I was reading called Murder Machine. Mm. And it was about a crew that in, in Brooklyn that the Roy DeMeo ran. And um, I recommend reading it. And I was reading it. And then his crew, he had a gay guy named Vito, believe it or not. And I took the idea to one of the writers and uh, actually took them two years to actually do something with it. But I'm proud to say that it's the only suggestion that, that David Chase used from any of the actors. Oh, my God. Well, it was a great suggestion. I mean, it really yeah, made I it. Mean, that, that whole storyline was really interesting, I thought. I mean, it's something that you never see in any other mob movie or mob-related uh, thing. Well, that's why I suggested it, because it's something you never saw, and it was real. And, you know, just like any of the actors, they always want more lines, more situations, more... Uh, Scenes to like uh, develop, chew on, and act in. So I went for something that was totally, you know, opposite of who I am, and um, it worked out. It changed my life, and uh, I'm happy it happened. I was very lucky and fortunate to be at the right time, the right place, the right place. They didn't really do anything with it until they found out that a guy in Jersey, and I always forget his name. He was a captain of uh, of a family, and uh, they thought he was gay, and they killed him. And that's when they decided to do something with it. Ah. Uh, pretty much, uh, I'm sure it was over money, and they said it was gay because mobsters don't care what you do as long as you're making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they kind of combined the two the two storylines. <clears throat> another another thing that was interesting about your character was uh, that one season you went you lost like over a hundred pounds. Um, in between uh, seasons, right? I mean, didn't in, yeah. In between seasons, that was in real life, right? Did they adjust yeah. the storyline based on what you did in real life, or did they say to you, "Hey, you need to lose you know hundred pounds <laughs> Wait, before what? next no. season"? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I did it on my own. I was always a uh, in shape uh, guy. I played hockey, played baseball, and uh, when I became a chef. Um, I slowed down because uh, I stopped going to the gym. I was always at restaurants uh, 24-7. And then I uh, developed um, my hip swim, and that's, that limp on the uh, show was real. And so that uh, slowed me down exercise-wise, and I didn't know that. I was in that pain for all those years, not knowing that I knowing that I needed um, double hip replacement. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I gained the weight, and... Uh, you know, became a, uh, you know, a real fat bastard, as they say. <laughs> well, you played it great. Uh, well, congratulations to you. And, uh, you know, thanks. You know, that really, I'm proud of you. For, I mean, I know how hard it is to lose weight. Yeah, because uh, uh, Dave, uh, Dave is the before picture uh, in, in, in your in your life story. Yeah. Well, well, so are you. Ba- <laughs> yeah, I know. You I fat know. bastard. <laughs> I know. Uh, I had the. Um, what do you call the, uh, I didn't have the operation done, but the, uh, oh, I forgot the name. They didn't do it now. They put the thing around. Oh, the uh, lap band uh, surgery? Oh, the lap band. Yeah, 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 the lap band. So that helped. But, you know, you could still, you know, drink soda, eat cake, cookies, and so, it's, you know, ice cream. And so it only goes so far. And, um, well, once I had my hips done, I was able to stop playing golf. So I was playing every day, and I walked, of course. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, 
I got back in the gym. I play racquetball and so on. Oh, good for you. Um, during the course of the show, you got to whack somebody. You got to kill Jackie Jr. And you got right. whacked. What was more fun? Did you like being the guy who whacked or the guy who got whacked? <laughs> well, in season, well, first of all, I mean, you guys are real fans, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know that I was the, also the only guy to play two different roles. Right. You, right. Were, right? you were in the bakery with uh, when uh, Christopher shot right. the guy in the foot. Right. Or, you know. right. So then they brought me back in Vito, which I uh, became, Gino became Vito. The big whack at the end of the uh, at the end of the season, which was cool, um, and then I got killed in season six. But I can't complain. I mean, I had the whole season really dedicated to me. If I wasn't in the episode, they were talking about me, right? And I try to talk David out of uh, killing me. <laughs> uh, hey, David, can I talk to you for a second? Here? It's like it's like the real life thing, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, you're gonna shove right. what in what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, uh, I wanted to make it to the last season, part B of season six. But like I said, the, um, if I, uh, wasn't in the episode, they were talking about me. So I had a great season and I can't complain. Oh, it was absolutely. Do you stay in touch with any of the other actors from the show? No, not really. Um, I mean, I've come across a few of them. You know, doing stuff, and uh, we did a Christmas thing with uh, Tony Sirico with all the warm-ups, and Vince Garatolo with Johnny Sack. We did a thing, Christmas thing for TNT. But um, I really, uh, I don't. I had a sort of a falling out with one of them, oh. and uh, I kind of like soured a lot of relationships, which uh, I wasn't happy about. And all those guys were at my wedding, so. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, good vibes to you. Yeah. So you're like uh, you're like the Renaissance man. You're you're an actor. You're a chef, a novelist. You wrote a book called "A Meal to Die For." Um, right. Of all those things. A uh, cookbook novel, mostly based on my life. Oh, there you go. I've been doing Of all those things that you've done, what is the most fun? That you enjoy the most? Um, I enjoy cooking. Uh, you know, I had restaurants being a chef. I mean, that's, that's hard work. It's, it's uh, time-consuming. Uh, you know, it's tempting uh, with drugs and alcohol. I've never been a drug guy, but you work hard, and then you're so pumped up that, you know, you don't want to go home. You want to go out afterwards. Mm, and yeah. You get tanked up. And there's a million broads, and... <laughs> It's a, it's a rough life. Um, you worked at the Commander's the aspect, Palace in New Orleans, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, that's you know like worked, one of the most uh, famous restaurants in America. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a great uh, experience. You know, um, after Paul Prudhomme, before Emeril uh, Lagasse, I was right in the middle with a German chef. Okay, German yeah. chef. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the, the thing I like about the cooking is that I, I my thing is like just to make specials and uh, just see what's around, get stuff in, come up with, you know, four or five specials for the night. That's what I like is the creating part. Are you cooking now? Are you, what are you, what are you doing now? I, I was cooking, um, I was cooking in restaurants where I'd make uh, different dishes out of the big Parmesan wheel. Hmm. 
I'd cook the pasta right in the, uh, well, that pasta would come out, and I'd finish it in the big Parmesan wheel. Yeah. And uh, you scrape the cheese, you heat it up with some brandy, and you toss the pasta in it, done on the floor. So I was doing that. I wasn't in the kitchen. I was still cooking, and I, that was fun. Um, I have a, uh, a licensed product for the NFL I came up with that does uh, pretty well. Well, what's that? Um, Tell us. It's a uh, it's called bottle skins. It goes over. It's a cover. It's a sleeve that goes over a five gallon water bottle or a propane tank or a um, a waste paper basket. And it's licensed by the uh, NFL, or I have the license by the NFL, college, NHL, the military, and Real Tree Camouflage. Wow, you really are the Renaissance man. Yeah. What are you doing on our crappy podcast? Uh, I never say no, though. Usually, I usually never say no. I mean, listen, I don't, I'm a pretty boring guy. Uh, you know, I don't have much going on, but I, I, I'm a big sports fan. And you guys are in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I threw the first ball out at Wrigley, right from the rubber, through a strike. Nice. All right. Uh, Vanilla was pitching. I'm coach. I was managing. And then um, that same weekend, I was at the Blackhawks game. I'm a huge sports fan. I was at the Blackhawks game, and they were playing last game next to game next to last in the Red Wings. And I was getting over there with a friend, and we were getting all juiced up. And between the second and third period, they say you want to shoot the puck. Oh. Is that right? Yeah. They always so have the hot one. I'm, I'm, I'm like half in the bag over here. I don't want to shoot a puck. <laughs> and I play it out. They said, oh, come on, it'll be fun. Meanwhile, I go to center ice. I nailed it twice from the center, center ice right through the hole. It's on YouTube. You know, shoots the puck. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. We, we, will definitely, uh, we will definitely post that on our site. Uh, hey, much health, much happiness to you. It sounds like you're doing great. Hey, if you're ever in Chicago... Um, Come, you know, come, come over, and you could cook us food. How does that sound? <laughs> we'll even. Yeah, uh, I love. We'll, we we've I, got I love, booze. I love Chicago. W- when when was the last time you were here? When was the last time I was there? Yeah. Oh, let's see, I was there for maybe the uh, Ace Hardware show. And uh, I can tell you, I go to my favorite spot, the Viagra Triangle. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, like Gibson's like and it, uh, yeah, Carmines and all those places over there. Carmine's Gibson's. So that's where people can find you if uh, you're ever in Chicago. <laughs> you go to Gibson's, Carmine's, or the- well, I'm ever in town, I'm probably in the square right over there, smoking a cigar and watching the scenery. Uh, sounds great. Well, welcome anytime. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You got it, pal. Enjoy. Right. Merry you. Christmas. Bye-bye. Thank you. Checking out the merchandise, the Viagra Triangle. Uh, you know, I believe that this is the first time anybody said broads on our <laughs> podcast. Hey, broads. Got some broads coming this way. Uh, very nice, good interview. Nice yes. guy. Um, Th- thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Harry, Harry Shearer won't be coming. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel I feel bad telling that story, yeah, yeah. but it's true. Right. You know, I'm just keeping it real, man. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. You know who else is going to keep it real? Not meat. Not meat. If you'd like to know more about Rick and Dave, you can find us at EckhartsPress.com. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Minutia Men. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of Minutia Men. 
The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?